up? Happy New Year. It's 2013, and this is only like their old stuff. You're probably listening to episodes from last year still. But we're here. So, turn it up. Turn me up in your headphones. I need more snare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's old. Um, yeah, this is only like their old stuff. I'm J-Ho, and Groove is here. Hey, yo. And we're back. We're back. Um, and this is not an old episode, which we hope that you enjoyed the two old episodes we posted. But which we will repost those episodes anytime we miss a week, I'm sure. Those same two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> those are our only two good episodes. But um, anyway, just we're back, and thanks for listening. We were happy with the two or three mentions that we got where people were grumpy that we didn't have new shows. So that makes us see that you guys are you know, keeping you guys honest out there. You love us. This thing on? <laughs> you sound like you're still asleep. I'm tired. I'm tired. Uh, we got to start this week off uh, with a little housekeeping. Housekeeping. Uh, it's a follow-up to number one fan from the other week. Um, I, a couple weeks ago, you know, my buddy Mark and and uh, my buddy Caroline, they were number one fans. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I mistakenly called Carolina a surf kayaking fan. And that was a little bit reductionist, apparently. Okay, I'm going to read you what she said to us. You ready? Okay. Yeah. She said, thanks for the number one fan shout-out. Correction to be made, though. If you have to call me something, I'm an artist, beginner surfer, and keen photographer and swimming coach, or even a new mama. Not a surf kayaker. But yes, a surf kayaker fan with a lot of patience. Happy New Year. So I just want to say that correction. She is a new mom. I didn't want to put everybody's business in the street, but I'm happy for them. Mark and Caroline got a little, got a little girl named Willow. Congratulations. So congrats. Sorry. Didn't mean to call you surf kayaker. I know that is pretty offensive. I don't like to be called that either. So Nobody does, right? Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't see why you would. So, Caroline, you, uh, you, how about Caroline? We number one fan by herself this week. Forget Mark. I don't know. It sounds like from that email, maybe she should go to the number one butt hurt. I'm number uh, one hater. I don't know. <laughs> we won't do that since <clears throat> she's got all these good things going on, but. Um, yeah, that's that. And uh, sp- speaking yep. of haters, yeah. Uh oh, Grizzles. Shout out to my main man, Grizzles, hating on us. Yeah. For not having any new episodes. <laughs> he and his wife going to Prague for their seven year anniversary. Going to Prague? Man, he must have hit the lottery or something. He sends me, he, uh, he sends me pictures all the time. Every Sunday, he sends me pictures of his rich, rich people breakfast. He's eating like Eggs Benedict all the time. And he sends me pictures, and he knows that I love Eggs Benedict, and I feel like I'm the guy from the Monopoly piece when I eat it. And so he sends it just to flaunt it, which I can I can appreciate that, but still, give me that Eggs I'm Benedict. Ju- I'm just curious, like, why Prague? I don't know. Sounds like, like I think the hipsters are going there these days. And... <laughs> it's either the hipsters or they spun a globe and closed their eyes and pointed their finger. It's very Prague. I like Prague. Oh, we don't we don't do Berlin anymore. We yeah. go to Prague these days. Yeah, it's the progression is like Barcelona, Berlin, Prague. More and so, more depressing and Yeah. We uh 
you and I had discussed over the over the holiday that we didn't want to forget a couple of uh, stories, you know, um, s- stuff that happened over the holidays. Oh, yeah. Of course, at this time of the year, nobody wants to hear any holiday stories anymore. Everybody's suffering the kind of like post-holiday depression that happens when the, the year has begun again. Everybody's got to get back to work. But um, you you had emailed me a prompt for you for a story, and I've also got. Uh, I've also got a prompt for myself for a story. Oh, I forgot I, all about this. I'm glad I emailed you the prompt. Exactly. Um, you 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 just emailed me chocolate covered blueberries. Oh, okay. Well, this was like a pretty glorious moment in my family. Uh, my brother and sister are a lot older than me, and we don't always talk that much. But it's uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, but one thing that that everybody shares is that. At Christmas time, we always get my dad. Somebody always gets my dad chocolate covered cherries. You know what chocolate covered cherries are, right? You've had them before. The maraschino mm-hmm. cherries. They're yep. in the liquidy stuff. They look. At, they come in the same box, always. It's like one yep. company that makes them, Queen Anne. And uh, so every year, somebody gets my dad chocolate covered cherries, and sometimes it's more than one person that gets the chocolate covered cherries. So because you can never have too many chocolate covered cherries, you know. <laughs> so this year, I saw that they they flipped the script. The uh, the old Queen Anne Company. So I was out and I like went to the grocery store. I'm usually not the one that gets the chocolate covered cherries, but I saw that they had chocolate covered blueberries. Okay. Yep. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I should come back and get some of those. Well, I never made it back to the grocery store to get the chocolate covered blueberries. And when I came home, the first thing I said to my mom was, when I went home for Christmas, was I was like, hey, you seen those chocolate covered blueberries? She's like, no. And that was about that. Well, then my sister comes over on Christmas with her family. And we start doing the the gift exchange thing, and <clears throat> she marches in with this box that's uh, suspiciously the same size and shape as the chocolate covered cherry box. Yep. And she proclaims to my father, "You will not guess what this is." <laughs> and immediately my ears perk up, and I say, "I know what that is." And she like she marches over to me, okay. And you imagine my sister being like, "You can imagine me doing this, right?" Yes. I'm going to go all out if I'm going to go, right? So she sure. she marches over and she shakes the box in my ear so I can hear the little papers in it ruffling. Because she, she wants to put me on the chocolate-covered cherries. She wants me to guess chocolate-covered cherries, obviously. She dying, shakes in my ear. Dying for you to guess chocolate-covered cherries. Yeah, I just push it away like a king that doesn't want a certain food. I just, like, push it away from me. I'm like, I don't need to hear that. I know what that is. And she's like, you don't know what it is. And I was like, yeah. She's like, you think you know what it is, but I, you don't know what it is. I'm like, no, I know what it is. <laughs> and she's like, all right, well, what is it then? I was like, no, nah, we can't do it that way. So I jump up and I spring out of the room and I write it down on a piece of paper, right? And yeah. I fold it up real tight and I stick it in her front pants pocket there. And I, it's just, it's just kind of sticking out of her pants pocket. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, when dad opens this up, I want you to open this, this paper up and read it. And uh, my dad opened up the paper, and sure enough, it was chocolate-covered blueberries. And she pulled that paper out and unfolded it, and she about passed out when she saw it. She's like, how did you know that? And my brother-in-law was, like, dying laughing. He just about just passed out. He's like, that's the funniest thing to happen all year. And then, like, it just went on and on and on. And uh, I don't know. And then the, the best part about it was, even after I had texted you that thing to remind me, my brother came over later in the night, and guess what he brought over? What? A box that was the same size as Chocolate Covered Cherries box, and he goes, you'll not guess what this is. 
And I was like, oh, God, this again. Groundhog Day. <laughs> so I won Christmas. That's cool. Everybody know that, yeah. Well, well, it's good that you won Christmas because I lost Christmas. Oh, yeah? <clears throat> yeah, which, which segs directly into this story. This is how I lost Christmas. And it look, this is a relatively sad story, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to tie it up at the end of it. My um, About a week before I went down to visit my mom and my stepdad for Christmas, yeah. um, this is uh, – we're a family here. Uh, this podcast is a family. We only got 10 listeners. They're all friends, whatever. My stepdad – uh, has just been diagnosed with Parkinson's, uh, right? And, yeah. and and so they called and they were like, look, we didn't want to tell you when you got down here for Christmas. We just found out. We figured we'd let you know so you could get your head around it before you show up. And, and about, uh, I don't know, two months ago, there was this Kickstarter campaign for this guy who's calling himself Miscellaneous Goods Company. And he, and he made, he's a graphic designer. He made a new deck of cards, right? Yeah, I believe yeah. I mentioned to you. Yeah. I showed you. Yeah. And, and the deck of cards is really cool. And my mom and stepdad, they play bridge. They play poker. Yeah. They play rump. They play all sorts of card games. So I thought, great idea. Get them this deck of cards. Good little stocking stuffer gift, you know, uh, whatever. Hype it up. And I didn't think twice about the deck. I, I, in fact, I didn't even open up the deck and expect, inspect it before I, before I went down there for Christmas. And so we're down there and, you know, we're, uh, we're opening gifts. <laughs> and, and this is on our mind, right? It's a, we got down there on Christmas Day, so we didn't, hadn't, hadn't had a time yet to really kind of talk about the diagnosis yeah. to, you know, see where they were at with it or anything like that. It was all just kind of, let's go ahead and take care of Christmas first. We'll deal with that later. And, um, and the, we had done all this. It was great. It was fun, everything. And then at the very end, we do stockings, right? We don't do them yeah. first. We do them at the end, which is always good. That's what we need to about them. Yeah. Well, extra, we, extra gift. Yeah. You forget. Yeah. You think you're done. And then you got stockings. Well, yeah. so, so this deck of cards is in the stockings. And, um, and, and so, you know, my mom opened up the deck. She saw it. And she kind of, in the first place, didn't even really know what to think about it. Like, the fact that they play cards all the time really means that they, they're good on decks. You know, yeah, they, yeah, they, right, right. they don't really need one. So that was the strike one. And then she opened it up and she started looking at the deck. And A, it's kind of confusing. It's, it, it's not that conducive. And if you're not used to the deck, the drawings are different, all this kind of stuff. And then she started looking at the aces. And, um, oh, boy. And yeah, the aces have symbols on them, but they also have text on okay. them. And, and the ace of spades says free for now. And she read that first and she's like, that's kind of weird, you know? And, and so she pulled out the ace of diamonds and it says here today, dawn today. And so I come over and I'm, I'm starting to look at, at the deck as well. And I'm thinking, huh, this is kind of strange. And then she read the ace of clubs, which is everything you own, you're going to die and everything you own will one day vanish. And then I pull the Ace of Hearts, and I'm thinking, well, definitely the Ace of Hearts is going to be something nice because it's the Ace yeah. of Hearts. And I look at it, and I'm standing there reading it, and I don't want to read it out loud. <laughs> oh, no. And they're all three of them are oh, saying, go no. ahead, read it, read it. What does it say? And I'm like, I don't know if I can read this. <laughs> it says, love is watching someone die, and watching someone die is hard. Wow. So, 
I, I look up from the card, and I can't remember who said it. I think it was my mom. She said, well, Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the, uh, yeah, there's your icebreaker there. Debbie Downer. Um, just Yeah, Debbie Christmas Downer. Yeah. You should go with it, the, uh, you really should go with the terrorists playing cards next time. Yeah. A little more upbeat. Yeah. It wound up being all right. You know, by the end of the trip, um, you know, we, we were all kind of trying to laugh with uh, yeah. this diagnosis, you know, making some jokes out of it here and there. And my stepdad probably made the best one. We were playing a game that required fast-paced discarding. Yeah. And he he didn't keep up it, uh, during one of the rounds. And, it, and, and let me be honest, every single person – each it, during one of the rounds had a hard time keeping up. Yeah. It's not part of the game is trying to go so fast that other people can't keep up. Yeah. And he just said, well, I, I guess I get to blame this on the disease now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that, yeah. So you won Christmas and I lost Christmas cause I got these morbid fucking playing morbid cards playing for cards. them and they oh, didn't even man. need them in the first place. Wow. I mean, but, whatever. In context that those would have been, it wouldn't have been like that. So I don't know. <laughs> Oh, what's man. your what's your hype? What's my hype is uh I got they had the Steam sale over the holidays. Steam on the computer, you know. It's the the video yeah. game platform that they release the games on on the computer. Mm-hmm. And uh I got finally I've been wanting to get it cuz I heard it was good. I finally downloaded the Walking Dead game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if you've heard of this game, but it's a uh, it's a five part, it's five episodes, but it's a point and click adventure. And I you probably didn't grow up with point and click adventures, but I did. Um, games like King's Quest and Space Quest, um, which are problem-solving games I used to play with my dad on the computer. They were very archaic in the beginning, and now they're much, uh, you know, much more, a lot different. They've kind of simplified them and stuff, and now you just kind of point, you, like, click on things with the mouse, like, different items, and you pick them up, and you use them to, like, build something to solve a puzzle to open a door or whatever. Um... And I was told that the game was good. I was skeptical because it's Walking Dead, and I always look at anything with The Walking Dead with skepticism. But it turned out to be the best Walking Dead story I've ever encountered. Um, just really awesome storytelling, and not the greatest gameplay in the world, um, which is a testament to the, the storytelling, I think, in the game. But just like really affected me, and it's an awesome game. It's just really worth paying, playing. It's only like 12 bucks right now, but pretty awesome i don't know yeah it's possible that they it's very simple game so it's possible they have it for mac too yeah but they do have it they have it for xbox live as well i mean they have it for xbox yeah you download it on xbox live as well so but it's um about an hour and a half per per episode you you had mentioned there's another podcast that both of us listen to it's called the jeff rubin jeff rubin show yeah and this year-end show I'm stealing your thunder here, but I, I, I no, no, I wasn't going to bring this up. So. Yeah, I hadn't listened to it yet, and and you hyped me to it. And you said it's definitely worth checking out. And our drive today was filled with podcasts that I hadn't been able to listen to. And so, um, what this host did for his uh, year-end wrap-up show, I thought it was a great idea. He called a guest that he could get a hold of that he had had on his show the previous year, and he asked him uh, for five what the best thing was of 2012. 
And that was where I heard of this game the first time. Somebody said, I believe, that that was uh, their favorite thing in 2012. Is that right? Uh, they probably did mention it. I've listened to so many video game podcasts that talked about year-end stuff that I think I just forgot that they had said it, too. Yeah. Um, uh, into your, your kind of, you know, all, uh, uh, wrap-up stuff. I, I think that episode of the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show is fun for anybody to go back and listen to, even well into 2013. Yeah, Rubin. you'll pick up two or three things that you want to check out. Out of it, so like, and there's that other game, uh, FTL or whatever, that's supposed to be really good. That I've heard on some other podcasts too. So. Yeah, I was keeping notes as I was listening to it, driving the car, because there were so many things I I had not checked out, and definitely wanted to check out. So, I just sent you a link to an image <laughs> as part of hype, right there. We're gonna get this uh, picture posted to the Facebook page. It's a oh wow, it's a live. Height lineup of what twenty actors and um, <laughs> it's a height chart and it's the the top on the, uh, on the chart is five ten and that's George Clooney and Johnny Depp it goes all the way down to five feet which is Danny DeVito and a bunch of guys in between. Wow, I dwarf all these guys. <laughs> exactly. The biggest surprise for me, Javier Bardem is five foot seven. Oh man. This is the guy that has played villain, what, in Skyfall, who looks larger than life, in No Country for Old, old Men. I thought he was a giant. Yeah. He's 5'7". Look at how big. It just really is true that all the Hollywood leading men have giant heads, too. Look, they look like bobbleheads, all of them. <laughs> giant heads. Dustin Hoffman, 5'5". Five five. Glad to see all Clooney's tall, you know, I mean, for Hollywood. That's not disappointing, you know. He's 5'9". <laughs> Yeah, the other the other little bit of hype I had was um, something that happened yesterday that is a perennial event for you and I. The uh, Oscar nominations came out. Oh yeah, we didn't do this last year, but traditionally what we do is we we make our picks and then we keep up with them uh, throughout the night and we determine a winner and whoever's guessed the most, you know, correct winners. Yeah. Do you have any uh, first impressions on the list? Have you checked out the, the nominations? Yeah. Eh. Uh, I don't know. It's all right. Okay. I okay. don't know. I mean, I don't have anything like... Uh, I didn't have any movie that like just kicked me in the face this year like everybody else had. So. Well, I haven't seen it yet. It doesn't come out over here for another whole week, but I was surprised to see that Catherine Bigelow was not nominated for Best Director. Oh. Yeah, no. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I there's still movies I need to see too. I need to see Life of Pi. That Zero yeah. Dark Thirty just came out. I need to see Django and Chain. Have not seen that yet. Need to I've see Argo. Seen all those except Life of Pi and Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, I haven't seen Argo either. But I never really thought I would. Did you ever play. see The Master? It's got nope. a lot of uh, a lot of pickups. So. I guess I'll rephrase and say I haven't seen shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's gonna be a great contest. Oh, uh, right. your your mic keeps going in and out, like you're fading in and out. Unfortunate. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, is that that's all your hype? Yeah. What's well, not the hype? Uh, there's construction outside my window for ever since I moved in here. Construction. So, yeah, they're building an apartment complex. On, you know, I can spit 
apartment complex, right? Right outside of us. <clears throat> and that's okay. I've been able to tolerate the loud sounds starting at 7.30 in the morning every single day except for Sunday. Uh, but they've started now cutting cinder block uh, for like the patios and yeah. the, the sidewalk. And not only is that the loudest thing I've ever heard in my life, but the emissions from the gasoline saws yeah. is coming directly in, into my flat. So I'm essentially smelling gas all day long. Uh, that sounds egregious. You, you got some beard noise going on now. Like you're picking up the beard. Okay. Is that maybe that will help with the other thing too uh yeah that sounds egregious and it's also egregious that you call it a flat not apartment <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna start upping my usage of over uh across the pond if you don't stop using those <laughs> english terminologies you're not the hype my not the hype is uh we had the uh the big kayak race that helped organize in columbia south carolina this weekend and I uh, DJ'd for about like uh oh god this is oh my god I, th- my not the hype on this one is just expanded because I forgot the actual thing that happened I probably shouldn't tell that story I don't and know what now you've got to uh I can't I might get in trouble for it but I'll tell the other one um so we have the party afterwards and I DJ the party and I like MC it and give out the awards and stuff. And I start playing music, and these guys, like, everybody at this party, like they really love, like, uh, 90s hip-hop. So I get to play Dr. Dre and all this sort of stuff. But I usually start the night out when there's still, like, younger people there, like kids and stuff. I don't play all the gangster rap, you know. I'm, like, playing, like, jazz-based hip-hop from the 90s. Yep. Like, Tribe Called Quest and all that kind of good stuff. And, and everybody, you know, everybody digs it, and they, they get excited about that stuff. And so I start playing it, and I'm playing it low. It's kind of ambient music, you know, but it's... Not two, not two beats from uh, from Can I Kick It from Tribe Called Quest. Does some jackass come up to me and say, "Do you have any white people music?" Whoa! And I just stared at him, and I was like, "He's like, you're playing all this black people music. Do you have any white people music?" And I was like, "Well, first of all, like I've just played. There's only four beats have gone through this song. Like, how can you say that all I've been playing? I mean, tr- technically, you're right." All I've been playing is this music, if this is what you're calling black people music. and But I didn't say that. And he just said he just said, said it again. I just stared at him and, like, blinked. Like, white, what, what? And he's like, do you have any white people music? And I was like, what's that? And he was like, do you have any white people music? And I was like, uh, what? What's that? And then he said, do you have any white people music? And I said, what's that? And then he said, do you have any white people music? And I said, uh, what's that? And then he walked away. <laughs> and I went back to playing. <laughs> I went back to playing while I was playing. I never heard from him again. Uh, had not encountered that before. He wanted some shag music. I didn't know. He was like, I am caveman. What? Do you have caveman music? <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? Sorry, I let me look in my white people music folder because I have my music separated by race. So. You're gonna love the Asian guy music I have for later. So, <laughs> what does that even mean? What does it mean? Because <laughs> in my experience, white people more than anyone else love 
music made by black people, traditionally, historically, over time, you know? Shag music, everything, you know? Hip-hop, I don't know. No, it's true. It's true. Rock and roll. Yeah, rock, rock and roll. <laughs> the whole basis of popular music. I mean, uh, we, uh. Yeah, we don't, we, you don't need to. You don't need to go into it. Yeah, I'm about to get race fractionists up in here. So, uh, But anyway, yeah, so I had to do to ask me for white people music. What's that? Say what? What's that? What's that? I thought my response was appropriate. You know, I could have gotten up on my, I could have pulled my soapbox out and lectured him. But I thought that just confusing him or just acting like I didn't know what words were coming out of his mouth was probably the best thing to do, which is my, my go-to, uh, my my default action in any situation where I'm caught off guard. Just act like I don't understand. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a good way to avoid confrontation. Yeah. I'm just, uh, what? What? Uh, what? What's that? What's that? Um, yeah, so what's your not the hype? I already said it. It's the gasoline in my house. Oh, that's day. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck that. My thin flat. You're flat. And I'm Kevner. I got some hype still out, though. Okay, hit it. Did you watch yesterday the countdown video? What countdown video? Oh, Justin Timberlake making a new album. What? Studio. Oh man, I'm gonna do that video. We'll put it out on the uh, on the Facebook page. Yeah, it, it, it is a delightfully frustrating video. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and sell out what's frustrating about it, so that you're not as excited as I was to watch the video. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's point. It's like following him, like the camera's following him. It's all one take as he's walking through this office into yeah. a studio. And he's got voiced over, like he's talking about, you know, um, I'll just let you listen to what he's saying, but he's voiced over as he's walking into the studio. And right when he puts on his headphones, instead of going into a beat or some music that starts, all he ends with is, I'm ready. So you don't actually hear any music. You just see that he's, you know, reentering the studio and the whole time he's talking about making music. So um, I think that when the album is going to come out in two more days or something like that. There's a countdown on the websites. I mean, I put this in hype still out because it's not out at all. Yeah. But I'm pretty fucking excited for this, and I'm not going to apologize to anybody for that. Yeah. I mean, uh, me too. I we're, We are you – you might not think it to look at us, but we're big Justin Timberlake fans. <laughs> you know? And I – mean, uh, I just hope he, you know, hope he brings sexy back, back. <laughs> he is, he is, I believe, working with Timbaland again. Oh man, awkward dancing. Here we go. Timbaland's, <laughs> Timbaland's dance is awesome. He just like, he just like moves one leg, and then moves in a circle. It's awesome. All he needs to do. All he needs. Uh, you got any hype still out? Um, yeah, got, they got this new Storage Wars. Storage Wars, New York. Haven't seen it yet. I heard something about Storage Wars. What'd you hear about it? I heard Dave quit. Oh, yeah. He went and told everybody it was fake or something. Of course he did, because he's trying to get paid. Okay. Well, I heard that the producers place 
a few products inside the uh, storage unit. Man, they've been saying that for years. Show me the proof. <laughs> I mean, it looks like they cut the lock every time, so I don't know how that's something. I know, be. yeah, they got the, and it's certainly not the same shot of them cutting the same lock off every time. Uh, it's like three <laughs> or four shots of the same lock. Um, yeah, so I don't know if I need to start watching that or not. Probably don't need to, but we might, Probably. you know, get that. I mean, it's educational TV. It's good. Ain't it on TLC? I think so, yeah. No, it's on A&E, so it's arts and entertainment, so this is really my culture for the week. Yeah, you're getting art. Yeah, art what and you, entertainment. What have you been consuming? Um, I've been consuming the Giant Bombcast by the Giant Bomb Crew. I keep talking about that podcast, and it is just clearly apparent that those guys have the same sense of humor that you and I have. And I encourage you to listen to their year-end wrap-up show. It's like five shows they did which actually go over all the video games from the year, but it's like stupid categories like worst game and uh, best use of uh, of dubstep in a game and this sort of stuff. But nice. it's really funny, and they all they hate on Family Guy at one point in time, and I'm just like, wow, you guys summed it up better than I could have ever done. Uh, I will listen just for that. Yeah, yeah. it's they, they Just the fact that that's, that's their kind of level of like humorous stuff is like... I don't know, it's just really funny. When he, but the thing that's really my consuming is uh, the new Heems album, Wild War Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Heems is one half of the now-defunct Das Races, which I'd like to think we broke on this show, <laughs> at least for our fans. Yeah. Uh, we were big Das Races fans. We talk about Das Races. Well, Heems is on his own now, and he's got this album called Wild War Kingdom, and the title song, Wild War Kingdom, is just really funny and good got a great beat it's got this like you know eastern beat to it and just his his lyrics are great and he continuously uses the whole the whole album is is water themed he's like he's going by hang 10 hemes now Mm -hmm. that's his new nickname and uh he uses the term wavy quite a bit which i've only heard das racist and him use the term wavy but wavy is like ultimate cool if you're wavy talks about how wavy he is he talks about how he's a whole wave pool you know, that sort of thing i mean uh, you actually sent me that link uh to the mixtape download and i listened to that uh before you you you, you got sent it to me and then you didn't listen to it for a couple of weeks exactly got, yeah yeah that's good it's definitely worth checking out yeah it's not like album of the year or anything but it's solid and it's it's got it's got that it's got a Das Racist feel to it, and it's got good beats, you know. Like, it's just, it's good, good stuff. So, I've been listening to that. What you so, been consuming? Well, I got, I got a new podcast for you. It, uh, the first episode just came out. Um, you may have already heard of it, but um, it's Jeff Garland's podcast. Everybody getting a podcast these days. Jeff Garland may as well have one. Oh man, he's been talking about that for a long time. Well, yeah. By the way, in conversation with Jeff Garland. And um, he he gets a guest to, you know, have a conversation with him on stage at, at this uh, club called Largo. And um, the first guest is, um, uh, shit, what's that? Larry David. Oh, wow, yeah. And, and you know, Larry David admitted if they weren't friends, he wouldn't have been doing it in the first yeah. place. Um, I'm about halfway through the first episode. It's really good. I mean, I really like Jeff Garland. I think he's you know, for people that 
don't know him. He's in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's Larry David's agent. He's he gets featured on a couple of different podcasts, and he's always really funny when he does it. His stand up show is all improvised. He doesn't have material he takes on the stage, and it's because he's really good in the moment. And um, and he asks a lot of really good questions of Larry David. And I've heard the lineup that's coming out in the next few episodes. And, and I think it's going to be a strong podcast, a good one in the rotation to have. So I recommend checking it out. Um, I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be worth it. The next thing that somebody, a buddy of mine just sent it to me today. Um, so Conan's got this thing called serious jibber jabber. That's only on his website, team Coco website. And it's like, this episode that I'm watching right now, it's just like a Charlie Rose roundtable interview. Yeah. And it's, it's long. He interviews, I'm watching the episode where he's interviewing Jack White and it's 70 minutes long. Oh, wow. Is it people that are on his show and while he's, while they're there, he grabs them and does this or. I So he's had, um, Judd Apatow and, um, let's see, um, Nate Silver, the statistician. Yeah. 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 Uh, Edmund Morris, which is a, he's a president biographer, but this this one that with uh, Jack White shot entirely on thirty five millimeter film. Really? Yeah. Why? Cool. I recommend I, I recommend checking it out. We'll put the link up. I mean, I in the background listen to it as a podcast. Yeah. Essentially, you don't have to watch it, but um, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. So check it out. Sounds sounds good. I've I've even got more. <laughs> oh, keep going. We've been away for a while, so yeah. Um, the most recent album that I'm hype on is a band called Nomads. If you like post rock lyricless music in the vein of Explosions in the Sky, this is another band with a slightly different feel, but in the same vein, and it's really good. And their album titled. Um, you can download it on. Um, uh, well, I'll go. It's essentially one of these name your own price downloads. Yeah. And um, and so I guess you can download it for free, or for, I think the cheapest is maybe two ninety nine. It's definitely worth um, paying two ninety nine to download and listen to. I, I think it's really good. Sweet. Another. Yeah. Do it. Uh, there's an article, a profile, and this is really actually a strong suggestion for you, Jiga. Um, because it's just really cool, this, this uh, New Yorker article profile of this guy named Apollo Robbins, who's a professional pickpocketer. Oh, okay. Um, he does, like, in Las Vegas, uh, you know, as a, as a show. Oh, know? yeah, okay. Um, but the profile is really long, and it talks about him working with ex-cons, uh, trying to form this like brain trust or like going around to police conventions and going around to different places and trying to actually show what it's all about and all this kind of stuff and trying to help kind of the rehabilitation process of some ex pickpocketers and that kind of stuff. So it, it goes to what he does for a living in the profile, but there's also a video that goes along with it um, that shows him working and trying, you know, kind of explaining what he does and how he pickpockets. And it's really, pretty interesting i think I, I think it's worth a read i think the video at a minimum is worth watching yeah i'll have to check that out yeah we'll get all that i out. like reading and i like pickpockets so <laughs> whenever i have the choice in the video game to be the thief i'm gonna be the thief so i like to go around and steal stuff 
Yeah. I just read that. Uh, yeah. Just speaking of that, I just read that that Lindsay Lohan expose on uh, NewYorkTimes.com that I sent to you. Yeah, that was at, the, the title of the email was fascinating, and that's that sums it up right there. What did you? I mean, I didn't know. I couldn't tell by your email if you were hyped on it or not. But I was. I was interested in it. I mean, it wasn't the greatest thing I ever read, but. Well, no, right. I'm not interested in Lindsay Lohan. So when I started reading it, I was like, I don't know about this. Yeah. But it's, it's not really about Lindsay Lohan, you know, as much as it is about the Canyons. And I saw the trailer for the Canyons. I knew it was on Kickstarter, and then I never heard anything about it again. Yeah. So See, I'd never really- heard of it, so you're much more plugged into that sort of thing than I am. But it, it it's fascinating from the point of view of, like, the cult of fame and the notion of, like, how you make movies and the insanity that people are allowed to delve into when they get famous yeah uh, i mean and nothing in that did she do anything that was too shocking that you couldn't imagine her doing but just finally like you know f- reporters are not allowed that kind of access on a movie set but the whole notion of this the philosophy behind this film was that they were going to have full access to everyone who is involved and you know it's a very like crowdsourced movie and all this stuff and so that was part of it was having the the you know the reporter there, but he got to capture these things you hear about you know and people talk about you know on the side, uh, but you never really get confirmed. Just about you know not showing up on time, things that would get anyone fired from any job. Uh, you know these people are allowed to do it because they're famous. You know, and, and Lindsay Lohan is arguably famous now. You know, right. So it's it's a very weird like she's in transition. Uh, Paul, what's his name, Schrader or whatever the the writer the director is in transition. Brett Easton Ellis is <laughs> also in transition in his career. Uh, yeah. It's an interesting, interesting uh, article. I think it's called "This Is What Happens When You Have Lindsay Lohan in Your Movie." Okay, all you have to do is Google that. Yeah. And I thought it was just some throwaway thing, but I've actually seen it referenced on E News and a couple other sites that I read. So it's a, so I guess it was like a big thing that this expose came out. But get anyway. that up right as well. Yeah, get your New York Times on. <laughs> All the news that fit the print. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else? No, I think that's it. You got anything else? God, I hope not. It's a good show. We're just catching up. Uh, you know. So there we go. Next week we'll do our big year wrap up of 2012. <laughs> Everybody's been waiting for. So be looking forward to that. And uh, we're gonna do our big. It's actually gonna be. We're gonna rank all the year end rank rankings <laughs> of everyone who's done a year end ranking of 2012. We're gonna rank them and go through that. So everybody look forward to that. Uh, we'll see you next week. You gotta check us out at uh, Twitter dot com slash iowltos which we never update uh facebook.com slash the facebook it goes to twitter iowltos network which we barely update and uh you can email us i only like their old stuff at gmail.com and yeah somebody send us some love because we need some new number one fans i'm tired of these old number one fans trying to get some new ones so Uh, Check us out next week. We're out.